Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Tuesday. We have a Stanley Cup champion. We will be discussing that in a few minutes. We're welcoming Joe Yurden to the show once again. Hey, Joe. Um, we will start, uh, as we always do, with Russ with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. Well, let's, let's talk about a fraudulent, horribly run organization in the Chicago Bears. Let's talk about them for a minute because okay. <laughs> they started the season. Now, in the offseason, they they picked up Nick Foles, and they started the season, and they said, Mitch Trubisky is our quarterback. He looks great right now, and he's our guy. Foles comes back and wins one game, and they're like, oh, wait, Nick Foles is our quarterback now. It's like Nick Foles is not going to get the magic back that he had in Philly that one time, and the Bears now are going to toss aside the guy that they drafted because – they're going to now fall for the latest Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is Nick Foles. Like, it's just – it's so ridiculous to me, but that's how this league is now. And you know what? The Bears deserve them. They deserve they deserve Foles. They deserve each other. Let him go lead them to wherever he's going to lead them, which is probably well, a dip. We all have expertise on Fitz magic that he's, yeah. that he's sort of like fool's goal. Well, somebody put the other day – somebody put the other day, hey, should he be up for the MVP? Is it too early? And I'm like, wait till he loses four in a row. Why are you doing it now? <laughs> Yeah, they're talking about Josh Allen for the MVP. So come on, it's like you know. But I mean, I heard the I heard the explanation that uh, I think they were playing Atlanta. I think it was Bill. I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast, and he basically said they knew that they were going to come back against a bad Atlanta team, and they didn't want to be stuck with Trubisky coming back in that game. So what they did is they put Foles in so they could justify changing over as to Foles as the quarterback. And that's, I mean, you traded what two first round picks to get Trubisky a few years ago, and now you're just going to throw that in the, in the in the sewer, basically. Yeah, I, I, they, they could have picked Mahomes. We right. Are. So could have the team that traded the pick to Kansas City so they could take Mahomes, right, Joe? Who, yeah, who right. that was? Yeah, I can't quite remember. But my favorite, my favorite <laughs> bit about Trubisky though is uh he has like that stirring comeback against Detroit to start the season. Everybody's like, ah, see, he's back, he's got it. I was like, I know how this goes. He's gonna beat Detroit, he's gonna look good. And then he's going to stink, and then he's going to be done. I didn't know it was going to be week four. Joe, since we have you on, let's get your opinion now on Matt Stafford, who's probably going to throw for 150,000 yards in his career yeah. and never win a Super Bowl. Like, how does that feel? He's never going to win a playoff game. I what know. Talking about? Like, he's not Super Bowl. What do, you, what do you mean? He haven't won a playoff game since 91. Like, come on. Like, this, this is how it goes for this franchise. They're the worst franchise in football. Was that Scott Mitchell? It's them and the Browns. It's one and two. They're, but, you, I mean, you, you get, they gave him a weapon in Johnson, and Johnson retired because he got broken and because they didn't give him any support help. And then, you know, they didn't give him a line for – Preseason, what, Kevin Allen was excited. Kevin Allen thought they might do something this year. He got excited no. this year. No. No, what are they going to do? They brought in a bunch of old Patriots guys to run the team, and they decided they wanted to be a run-first team. With Stafford as your quarterback in a passing league, like this is 
it's it's the same backwards ass decisions they made when they had Sanders when they decided like hey, we're gonna be a passing team. We have the greatest running back in history. Okay, Joe, I, right. Joe, I think we're like me as a Bills fan. For, uh, for Kevin Allen, who's a who's a Detroit fan, somebody we both know, David Alter, who's a big Detroit land. We're all gluttons for punishment because these yeah. organizations suck. It's like in the Jan and Jan and Russ, you know, they're Jets fans. They haven't had a championship since 1969. I know. We may have cornered the market on suckage here. Let's put it yeah, that I was five and a half years old. Like, great. I don't know. I, I, it's crazy for me as somebody who's 41 to say I was lucky enough to watch Detroit win their one playoff game since 1957. Wow. It was against Dallas, man. Dallas, right? Was it Dallas? It was Dallas. They beat the crap out of the Cowboys. Then they got the then they got smoked by Washington, Washington. in the NFC title game. But nobody was beating Washington that year, not even Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. All right, there you go. All right, Eck. We're ready. All right. What sport are you talking about again? Yeah. Um, got it. I lie. There you go. We are professional bull riding. Football. Football. And empty stadium football. Yep. Okay, here we go. Paps New Ribbon. Hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. I'm Michael Agello, and I already miss hockey. <laughs> I'm Jan Levine. I'll be Russ Cohen. We're joined today by special guest, Joe Yearden. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. One more time, you have to put yourself in the introductions just normally. <laughs> no, it's great having you. Um, so uh, we have – it's over. The bubble is done. <laughs> we have a Stanley Cup champion. And, uh, you know, I was all, I really, really was pulling hard for a game seven, but it really looked like Dallas was exhausted. Like that, that was, that's a, that playing a game like that as your third game in four nights. And then also playing a game like that was really with all those overtimes, which essentially was your fourth game in four nights. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, if you fell behind in that game, you kind of got the feeling whoever fell behind in that game was going to have a really hard time because you, if you're chasing the game that exhausted, that's just way harder than trying to play defense in a game that exhausted. So there was a that was once it got to two nothing and going into third, it just Dallas they did a lot, they really worked hard. But at the end of the I day, in the middle of the third, it got hairy. Like, Dallas, definitely Tampa tired for that five minute period, and Dallas definitely poured it on. But Vasilevsky was just tremendous. And but you don't give Tampa credit, they had the right game plan for most of that game where they yeah. finally had neutralized Dallas to the point where they weren't creating much at all. Uh, who knew it would just be clearing the puck that would do it. <clears throat> but that's yeah. what it was, and yeah. but then it did get close to the end, and so I, I, I get look, I get Tampa a lot of credit. They we all knew they had the better parts, but Dallas won me over, man, with their work ethic and everything else. That just they just didn't have any more track left. That's all. And, uh, and, I think, and I think the injuries started to take their toll on Dallas because you know Sekiro was a game time decision. Yeah. We know that uh, we know that um, yeah. Fax had tried to get back in the lineup for Game Six, but he couldn't even hold the stick. They were without Rupe Hints. Um, I'm sure there were other players that were that ended up playing that were, and I'm sure on the other side as well that there were players that were playing dinged up. That it's all, that's always the case during the playoffs. But when they're uh, Blake Como was out, so they, there were three or four key players for Dallas that weren't in there. And I'm not taking anything away from Kamano or Dowling, but you know, obviously the level of play dropped for Dallas, and more of the responsibility was on the Perrys and the and the Pavelskis and Ben and Sagan, and they some of them stepped up, but. Tampa was just the better team. That's why I picked Tampa in the series. 
and you know, the, the congratulations to them. And I, I believe me, I don't think there should be an asterisk at all in this in this cup win. If anything, the asterisk should be it was more challenging because yeah, the commitment that these guys had to show. To it, it, unfortunately, it made the loss worse. Like I mean, looking at the basis of Dallas, yeah. I mean, imagine going, imagine going two months, you know, basically in a bubble and losing that game. You know, that's really tough. I mean, that's like that is about as hard as it gets. I mean, it, Plus, you had the initial round to kick it off to begin with, which we haven't had before. So we had another yeah. layer of yeah. games that sort of counted to a certain extent, adding to the battle of attrition that the playoffs already are. Yeah, sure. I haven't seen anybody this upset in a bubble since John Travolta. <laughs> oh, Joe, I mean, on that one for a while. Right? We mute Russ now after that line. I thought that was like it was my my task in life to make the lame lines. Joe, um, and I, I mean, don't back from that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Go softball in for me here. Ja Jamie Ben, I've never seen somebody more emotionally devastated at the podium than Jamie Ben was yesterday. I, I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about these two teams and what what's going to happen to them going forward. But in terms of Dallas, I mean, I think they left it all out there. Yeah, and you know Ben's Ben's a guy who's not he doesn't do a whole lot of talking, uh, yeah. anyways. I mean he's not a guy who's you know I, I think I can speak for anybody else who's in there post games. You're not exactly running right for him after a game because right. that's just that's just kind of how he. I mean it's it's not a knock on him. That's just that. That's, yeah, yeah, no, he's not he's not a, he's not a talker at all. No, he's, he's he speaks with actions on the ice, and that's that's what what he does, but. But man, it's it's hard to not feel for for guys like that, and it's you know you you see how you know how hard that is, you know how hard they played, and you know how bad the, those guys want to win it for themselves. They want to win it for Rick Bonus too. I mean that big time. You know, one of those just the 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 best guys in hockey, as far as I'm concerned, and yeah. you know those guys really laid it out for me. You could see it in the handshake line too. I mean he. He was an assistant under Cooper in Tampa for what five, six years. Yeah, and just you don't ever see the, the opposing head coach giving big hugs. No, oh, I know it's crazy. It was it was something. That was, that was oh, something. right. And we talked about it with Kevin Allen a little while ago. Is that between Bonus and Jim Neal, you have like two of the nicest people you'd ever want to deal with mm -hmm. in Dallas. Like two of the greatest. They're great yeah. media. They're just nice. They're nice. You know, they never deny an interview. They will always take every phone call. These are just great guys and. You fell for both of them, you know, big time. I mean, I mean, Jim Nill you know, could have been a GM someplace else before, but he stayed in Detroit for longer because his wife was coming through, filing through cancer, and then took the GM job in da in, in Dallas eventually. It's just like there's so many great, like incredible stories that you just couldn't help. But, you know, and, and John Cooper obviously is, you know, also a great guy to deal with. But and 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 and, and, and you know, he deserved. I think he needed this because. I think his he was so nice with the media that people were starting to wonder if that was just like he was just nice with the media, but can't really get his team motivated to win to win a Stanley Cup enough. Like to just if you watch the stuff behind the bubble that ESPN did, you know the quest for the cup and some of this. Uh oh, he did a pretty good job of motivating his team. I mean, I thought some of the speeches he made and some of the things he said was pretty much on point. You know, you yeah. know getting them to attack immediately, not necessarily waiting back. And I think the difference between Dallas and Tampa is Tampa, you think, may have more shots to get a kick at it, right? To have an opportunity of winning the cup based upon the core that's there and the offensive firepower that's there. You look at Dallas and you start on this, you know, again, they'll be a good team, but you look at them and you go, I'm not quite sure how easy it's for them to get back to this level based upon yeah. the age and the offensive talent that exists on this team. And that, I'm sure, had to play into their minds as they're going through it, saying, you know, this may be the best shot we have to win the cup next year is clearly not certain by any stretch of the imagination 
for that well, franchise. Well, let's 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 talk about that because I mean, obviously, it's going to change from you know celebration of the cup win to oh crap, it's the off season, and now we have to now we have to get all these plenty players. of time to worry about that, Mike. You know, I mean, they've got a whole week and a half. I mean, it's like there's oh, a- yeah, that's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I mean, like you know, it's just like this is not even. I mean, to me, it's like, that's that's so in the future. Jeez, oh my God! But but okay, I mean, futures now. Yeah, Joe. I mean, you get bought out today on the Stanley Cup champion. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Julian. Really, sure before Julie you even leave the bubble, right? Right. Before you leave the bubble, you've been bought out. We'll still, we'll still send you the cup. You won't even, give it, we'll even whatever, make the travel arrangements. You'll have to do it on yeah, your own. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, my God. It's, I'm sure, thanks I'm for sure. the cup. Here's your check. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure Julian Breezebois is going to have like a nice, uh, a nice martini at lunch this morning, and then he's going to have to get to work because you, you you look at their situation right now. They have about five million in cap space and about a thousand restricted and unrestricted free agents. And I mean, I don't expect you know Shattenkirk or Bogosian or Luke Shen to be back unless they're all inter- if they're interested in taking veteran minimum contracts and then you've got Sorelli and Sergachev who are restricted free agents i mean it's going to be a tough task for Brisbois, and it likely is going to mean that some of the players who are keys to winning this Stanley Cup might get traded someplace else just to create space. I have to say one thing before we get a comment on that, because Mike, you're right, and this is what I want to, and and this is the transition into into that as well. But I have the guy who for for years has been emailing me every time the Stan, every time the Stanley Cup is won, he adds a picture to a collage he has. I got to see if he'll let me post it because I don't know if he will. He's got his name on it stuff. It's very like intricate, but he has a collage to a poster he's made that hangs in his living room. He says that has every ex Leaf player. That they that blew it that they blew it with that goes on to lift the Stanley Cup you know and, and when I saw Luke Shen last night okay there you go <laughs> there's there's no the guy. There is. I think that's I think that's a little unfair because the Leafs didn't blow it with Luke Shen it's I mean, unfair but it's just to him it's like these are guys that were on the Leafs and now have raised the Stanley Cup before they were before they will and it's just an obvious there's a cavalcade I I'll, I'll I'm a Leaf hater but you're right I mean Luke Shen where's Luke Shen going to be I mean you know I'm I mean, it was great. I was happy for Braden Coburn. You know, it, it's got to be. It's got to be. You know, I've dealt with him many times. He's a really, really great guy. Yeah, uh, but let, Joe, let me let me ask you. It's like of because you know, we've been pointing at guys like sort of that the middle class when it comes to uh, Tampa Bay. We're talking like Palat, Kalorn, Johnson, uh, and Yanni Gord is making five point one. I mean, if they're going to open up space to sign Sorelli or sign Sergachev. One of those guys, maybe two of those guys, has to go. It's going to be tough for them. Yeah, it's it, it's it's not unfamiliar territory as far as Tampa goes. They had to do these they had to do these questions last year when it came to you know, how they're going to re-sign Braden Point, and they found a way to do that. They, they're able they're able to find ways to do it. It's going to be a little bit harder because I think Sorelli, you know, I mean, he ha- he gets the Selkie bump, so there's there's that, and he played really well. Um, but I think that's where you guys like Palat, Tyler Johnson, these guys you start kicking around like, well, if they trade one or two of these guys, they got a plenty of room. But it's what makes this team go. I, I, you know, I know they've always seemed to have a steady supply of guys coming out of Syracuse uh, and out of other ranks. But you know, at some point that that starts to run a little bit thinner than normal. I mean, Tampa's been really good at it, but this is this is going to be a really nice test for Breezebois to see how he handles it. Obviously, Iserman had had his had, had his hands on everything and. I hope they're kind enough to send him a Stanley Cup ring for for winning for winning it this year because this team has has got his marks all over it. But well, yeah. uh, how they handle this offseason is going to be really interesting because I, the money, I mean, the cap's not going up, money's tighter everywhere, and I don't know that they're going to be able. Teams are going to either be able to handle 
taking those guys on or if Tampa wants to take the guys in return that's going to need to make those moves. Russ, it's funny because yeah. last year for them to open up the space to sign point, they traded JT Miller to Vancouver, and all he did was lead the Canucks in scoring and have a great year. So, you know, they'd be giving up good players. And as we saw with the with the Stahl deal, even though Stahl's at, probably at the end of his career, it's going to cost these teams to trade players who have term and, and money on their deals to get rid of them. They might not get anything back other than a draft pick for some of these players if they have to move them. No, that's true. Luckily, though, they do still have prospects, right? We saw Volkov. He's going to get in there. Matthew Joseph is going to get in there. Uh, Taylor Radish. Taylor Radish, maybe. Mitchell Stevens, most likely. Foots is still a little away, I think. Um, But they have guys that they they could slot in there with these veterans to help offset that and still have a chance. And that's the the one guy I'm really happy for in that organization is is Stacey Roost because – He's been there eight years. I had him on our we had him on our show so many times, and they've done a good job drafting. He's the assistant GM. And you know what? Like that, those are the kinds of things where you look at Tampa and you say, even with the situation, even though they're not even drafting in the first round, they're not bereft of, of prospects. They still have them. Yeah, an ex ex friend uh can put uh, Volkov's picture. Uh, up on the wall because Volkov was the second round pick that the Leafs traded for Brian Boyle a few years ago. So there, there you go. I tell your friend. For Mike, the chat room is saying, why would you have to add a pick for like Tyler Johnson? Well, if you notice Tyler Johnson's not playing like Tyler Johnson anymore. Right. He's, and he's got several, and he's got several years left on his deal, which is. The year, would you guys see this picture? This is kind of cool. This is on Reddit. Uh, this is John Cooper, Palat, Lauren Johnson in their Calder Cup victory uh-huh. p- picture, and then their Stanley Cup victory picture. I thought was really cool. I mean, yeah, and I, I just happened to be in the building when they took their Calder Cup picture because it was against the Marlies in Toronto. Right. So, uh, yeah, so it's. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's very cool. That kind of thing, the journey that those guys have been on. You know. Um, I like I like that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm sure. Go back, I'm sure. To, uh, go back to Cooper coaching Patrick. I mean, here's the funny thing I'll be writing about later. But but John Cooper, it just got mentioned a little bit on NHL Network yesterday. Like I went to Nassau Community College. The college next to it is Hofstra, and that's where John Cooper went. And he and he wasn't a hockey player. Like he didn't go there. He went there for lacrosse. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, Hofstra was a better school than Nassau Community. I'll give him credit for that. But right. He, Still friendly with the same people that he was friends with in college. Like he still sees them every year. Like this is the most regular guy you will ever he see. He just seems like one of those guys that you'd be yeah. stuck with from college. You know, like just like that. The guy was just like got all the girls and was a you know was a fun guy to hang out with and just like yeah. you know, really smart. It just seems that like Cooper, and then definitely you know a politician. Cooper feels like a politician sometimes to me in some good way, in a good way, and you know, but not. I mean, he definitely knows how to play the media. Put it that way. Yeah, and yeah. You know, he's got this happy-go-lucky good guy stance. He's very calculated in what he's doing, and it's it's fun. To, it's fun to watch. Like oh, he's calculated. He's a smart he, guy. He comes he out. Exactly out it's like, he would survive a he would survive a much harder market than that. You know, that's the thing. It would be interesting for him to be to see what would happen if you threw him into like well, Edmonton or, <laughs> or he, like, just how he would handle that. He could be the Team Canada coach for the next Olympics. Yeah, no, he very well could. Yeah, be. He could but, be. But remember, if they if Tampa hadn't won. There was a lot of questions as to whether or not Cooper, despite his extension, was going to stay around. There was substantive questions as to whether or not he was the right guy. Clearly, he pushed all the right buttons now, and that argument ends. But 
heading into this playoff, there was definitely a lot of chatter that if they didn't get it done or they flamed out in the first round, he could be on his way out the door despite everybody thinking how good of a coach he was. So, well, Joe, uh, Joe, on the flip side here, now the, now we get to see what uh, what Jim Nill does because you've got Kadobin who got you to the Stanley Cup Finals as an unrestricted free agent. You've got Ben Bishop, who everybody assumes it was an injury, and I would you know, assume it was an injury that kept him out of most of the playoffs. Um, Bishop's got term over a little over $4 million for, I think, another three years. If they sign Kudobin, I mean, Ottinger obvious is the is the is the goalie in waiting, but it's probably going to take a couple of years for him to be ready to be a number one. They're in a weird position because are you just going to let the guy who got you to the Stanley Cup final walk in free agency? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think they do. I think because he's he's an older player. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, guy catches a heater in the playoffs. We've seen that happen a lot. And yeah, uh, those guys that do that, and if they're in the back of position, they're the guys that usually walk. You know, I, I don't see Montreal feeling bad about. Letting Jose Theodore, or uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Yaroslav Halak. I mean, yeah. it, it's the, it, those are you need to have two really good guys to carry you. And I think right. next season that's going to be vital. Uh, if the schedule is going to be really tight and packed, you might need three guys right uh, and get you through a season. So yeah. uh, I, I think I think in Dallas's case, you know, hey, if Udobin's happy being there. Sign him short term, keep him around. That's fine. Um, but you know, obviously, with Ottinger, he's the guy in the future. You got Colton Point kind of hanging around in the background too. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously not on a high as as high of a plane, but uh, he's a guy that they seem to like. Uh, but I think in this case, you know, if, there's there's going to be a need for goaltending all over the league. You know, I, I think if you're right. just going into it thinking you need two, you're probably wrong. You you probably need three. Uh, so I think Udobin's going to be. He's going to get – somebody's going to pay up a lot of money to – well, not a lot of money, but it's probably better money than what Dallas is going to want to keep him around at. But uh, no, I, he, he played great. He's, he's put himself in a good position to, to, to really get a nice deal. Yeah. Now, Eck, what did you think of the when they showed the video outside Amelie Arena where people were literally packed in, yeah. yelling and screaming and spreading COVID-19? Like, this is – Florida is the dumbest state in the United States. They really are. And I'm not calling their fans dumb, but I, I just I looked at that and I cringed. I'll be honest. My, my, you know, my son who's 15 is like the Florida man memes are like everything to the kids. You know, like the Florida yeah. man, the, the, Florida, the stupid Florida man thing. Like, oh, daddy, another Florida man thing. So uh, it's not, you know, there's there's dumb people everywhere, Russ. But, you know, there, yeah. it's, true. it's not just Florida. But I would say that, you know, a state that has now fully opened up all of its all of its restaurants and theaters to everything as of this week. Um, yeah, with, with with their with their numbers rising, I think that would be something to think about. But um, and I and I guess the Stanley Cup parade could actually there's not going to be a parade, so to speak. But what I'm what they're saying is there could be a boat thing where they take the Stanley Cup and they put it on a boat and drive it around. But there are other boats around. Didn't we learn from 19? Kind of cool though. I mean, that would be a kind of a cool way. I know, to- but Philadelphia had a parade after they thought the great pandemic was over, and then they had another one. They had a lot of people <laughs> dying because they all went to the parade to celebrate it being over. Like, it just seems like we don't learn anything. No, we don't. I mean, and you know, what? what is what, how do you define a parade? I mean, I went to the Philadelphia Stars USFL parade. That was, uh, that was interesting years ago. I mean, there are definitely different. All six people. <laughs> hey, I like the USFL. I think it was, I think it was held in a Barnes and Noble or something like that, but it was like. Um, <laughs> Better yeah. than the Jersey parking lot. Right. Yeah. In, <laughs> in West Orange. Um, yeah. So I think that, 
I mean, yeah. Parades? Toronto knows nothing about that. I mean, if they have a parade on the water, you know what's going to happen. All the docks are going to be filled. All those restaurants and places, people are going to be packing the docks. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, to a degree, I mean, you know, I, I think that... It won't be as bad as a downtown situation. I mean, watch a shrimp. Right. It's not as bad as downtown. It's also, you know, it's not made for TV. It's a TV type thing. Like, if you put them on a boat, you drive it around, and like that, you can say, stay home, we're going to drive them around different places, and, and you know, you see them... I think that would be cool, especially given like the whole. Remember the viral video. Of them. Are you saying that the Rangers won? They would have put them on the circle line. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Go all the way up to West Point. <laughs> so that would have been great. I had, this, I had this thought though, if it, talking with some just transit the whole, all the kills at Long Island, you know, just like. Well, like if if this is the same situation, if if this is the Sabers winning the Stanley Cup, are you going to tell me that Alumni Plaza and like Niagara Square? Oh, yeah. <laughs> jam-packed with people celebrating no of course they are of course they are i mean I, I know tampa's been there before you know but you know that seems like a lifetime ago in in 2004 but holy crap like you win a title people are going to go crazy for it and it, they, you know, they'd be with, they, i know want to shame everybody for it but like i get it joe they, totally get it. joe yeah. there would be thousands of people of prior aviation waiting for the plane to land oh yeah you know Absolutely. like they 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 wouldn't need a police escort to get back downtown. The fans would be driving themselves. You kidding me? I mean, I heard something mentioned the other day, and this is not to get political at all, but this is interesting. My daughter's at a college. My daughter's at a college, right? And my daughter, my daughter's a freshman at college. She's in her own room. Only the freshmen are, are, are on campus. That's all the people that are on campus. They don't have, you know, not sharing dorms. It's a crazy situation for her. She's she's calls all all the time. She's really depressed because it's like very it's bubble like, you know, in college, and it's a tough. It's not what you would picture college your college experience being like. So, um, you know. But the interesting thing that's coming out and, and through that whole thing is like, you know, they're talking about like all of the cases that have that have happened, you know, with the rising cases among that group, age group because they are red, that colleges are a dangerous place to be. Right. Um, not a single death in that age group. So interesting. The interesting weird thing about that, you know, that thing now is that the virus is obviously spreads like wildfire through that age group. But it, it is more of just a flu in that age group. It's not the same. It could be transmitted to somebody older and really be in trouble. But the reality is, I think we're going to see a redefinition of a lot of these outdoor things as time goes on, based on age and based on stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's there's no there's no right answer in this thing. I do feel bad, but I think there should be maybe a, maybe no one over fifty or any or sixty or I don't know what the age is going to be. Well, that rules me out. Jesus. That rules us out too. But you know, I'm just saying that I don't, I don't know what the rules going to be. But there's definitely a difference in in the younger. Thing um, as far as how it reacts, Joe. Uh, we had to, we have to talk about this because uh, as our show ended yesterday, Bob McKenzie sent out a missive of uh, two hundred and eighty uh, character tweets. It's a scattergun approach. Yeah, talking about Jack. Now, okay, you know, I'm here in Buffalo. We'd heard the chatter a couple months ago. It sort of dissipated when Eichel came out in one of the. You know, like one of the actually going back that he, he uh, the the video that he did after the season uh, was complete after their season was over with that he wanted to stay in Buffalo, but the chatter still kept going around. I hadn't heard it pop up in the last few weeks, but you know apparently Bob did and sent out this whole uh, slew of texts. And then I just, I saw something about uh, something Larry Brooks posted and something Joe Haggerty posted. I don't know where this is coming from. But I, I don't I don't buy any of this. I mean, I, I think that we know that Eichel's frustrated. We know that the Sabres organization is in a 
at a crossroads right now. We don't know what direction they're going in. There's a lot, you know, I, they, they bring in a new general manager and Kevin Adams, but I think that there's still time here to turn things around. But the way it's sounding here, it's, it's sounding like Eichel is reached his limit, and I don't think that's the case. No, I, I think I think the talk where where Bob's where Bob's tweets came from, where you know he hears something, he looks into it, finds out there's nothing. Right. That's that's the that's the TLDR part of that. Um, but the the key is is like where I think that then the mystery becomes like, well, who started this? You know, where does this talk come from? And yeah. I think that's you know I, I think for Kevin Adams, that's really frustrating because it's not coming from the team, it's not coming from Jack, it's not coming from Jack's agent. Uh, so it's another team saying like, oh yeah, hey, we call Buffalo about that. Uh, we we figured we'd ask about it. Well, the team attached to it is the Rangers. Well, is it the Rangers? Well, who's the AGM there? Oh, it's Chris Drury. Well, I don't think Chris Drury is going to be trying to trying to sneak one by. No, that's not his Buffalo. Problem. So it, it becomes a it, it's it's a bit of the subterfuge that happens in free agent season. So what it, what it does is it makes Adams' job tougher as as a new GM because. If he's going to meet with a player or an agent or something like that, well, what's the first question you're going to ask? Well, does Jack want out? No, he doesn't. Like, that's not the case. It's like, well, my guy doesn't want to come there if Jack's just going to leave in a couple of years. So, you know, you've got to be safe. <laughs> so, you know, I, if yeah. you're trying to make a GM's job harder, that's a good way to go about it. If well, it's I'll, a new GM, boy, oh, boy. Like, well, I, I don't know that you need to make the Sabres look worse. When it comes to trying to handle things, I mean, they already traded Ryan O'Reilly. They've already, you know, they've already done all yeah. these these dumb things in the past with other GMs. So I don't know what what the point is there, other than making making a new guy's job a lot harder. It, but that said, the, you know, Sabers, you know, with the internal cap discussion, you know, the internal budget discussion, you know, I, I think they're in the same spot a lot of teams are, where they're they're willing to take guys on if it mean if it means a higher cap hit for a lower salary cost. And I, I don't think that, I don't think there's any shame in that, you know, right. unless you're a team like, you know, maybe Ottawa the past couple of years where, you know, maybe they weren't getting the better players out of that, but I mean, they, they addressed the need by getting Eric Stahl. I think that's a great move. That's the exact move they need to make, but right. trying to find other guys in that same sort of situation, probably really difficult when there's a lot of other teams looking for the same sort of, same sort of uh, bargain deals to do. And I, I, I always, I always find it fascinating how a rumor gets started. And let me just say, preface this by saying, I'm, I not, saying that. That, I'm not saying that these people started the rumor. I'm just saying how things are interconnected. I was doing, I was writing about Evan Rodriguez uh, yesterday for for Hockey Buzz, and uh, you know how he is. You know, the Leafs are not going to qualify him probably, and that, but they would probably sign him at a, at a lesser offer. And I was looking right. up who, who his agent was, and his agent is Peter Fish, who is also the same agent as Jack Eichel. On Peter, on the uh, the, the the agent website for Peter Fish, his his uh, you know, his group. It had a list of alumni of who he represented in the past, and one of them was Bruins GM Don Sweeney. Now, and we've heard consistently, well, the Bruins would love to get Jack Eichel, yeah, because he's from the Boston area, but that's just a pipe dream. But you don't know whether, like, it could have been Sweeney, it could have been somebody connected to the agent. It could have been somebody completely different, but all these interconnections, that's how these rumors get started. And yeah, it's fascinating. It's one of my favorite things about this, like it's like the anthropology of this whole world that yeah. I live, in. you know, like I, it, it, it's why I find this job interesting and keep doing it because there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of repetitiveness in hockey, but rumors, there's so many fascinating backward stories and, you know, 
So for you know, this is the this is you know, this, there's crazy speculation out there about this whole Lego thing. There has been forever, as you guys know, and different things. Right, like but but I got an email yesterday from Bodog with actual odds, and that came out before Larry Brooks does deal with maybe you know with the Rangers and what why he doesn't think they're interested. But I have to say this: if we think Jack Eichel's not happy, we're it, it basically if you feel like Jack Eichel is unhappy, you're probably right. His agent's not going to tell you that he's unhappy. What player is happy in that situation when your team's losing? Like, I mean, right. there's, there's, there's and he's also a highly competitive guy. Like Jack Eichel is incredibly competitive. Like any right. guy like that with you, I mean, you know him really well, Joe. Like any sure guy, how's he going to be happy? Is his team's not making the playoffs and his team's doing these doing these crazy bonehead moves? I mean, it's right. going way on. And I'm sure he spoke to Kevin Adams, and I'm sure Kevin Adams didn't promise him the Stanley Cup next year. So Eichel probably looks down the road and says, "I got at least two more years of this." And this, this situation does feel like the beginning of what happened with John Tavares and the Islanders. And this is what happens when you have a great player, you have a franchise guy, but you keep losing and, and there's not a lot of evidence that things are getting better. He's not going to wait forever. And it, whether he gets traded now or not, it doesn't mean that it's not being talked about in some way, even though it's probably not going to happen this year. What, what I'm about to say here has, is not fact. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. But this is putting together – Various, and I was doing this morning. Like I like to do this. Like I have you know, base. It's literally. It's so funny. It, I should have like you know like pictures on the wall with strings attached to them. But that's because that's what this is. Putting together various scenarios. Okay, Jack Adams is a new GM. New GM in Buffalo, right? Kevin Adams. Adams. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Adams. <laughs> All right. New GM in Buffalo, right? Okay. He is friends with you know lots of people throughout the hockey world he's a player he's an ex-player ex-players are some of bob mckenzie bob mckenzie and ex-players there's a lot of bob mckenzie and player stuff so you know that bob mckenzie wants him to be successful in buffalo he wants him to have the best chance he can and, you know and he, and he also wants to make a good source with him and have you know the information from him um and get like okay you know if you have a, if there's a buffalo retreat or something like that you know, so, give it to me, Bob McKenzie. Da, 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 da. So you, you know, think Bob? Do you think Bob is shooting down these rumors to help Kevin Adams out? I think that's a. I think that's a big part of it because go back a little bit. When that when the trade was with Stahl happens, how is it broken on the internet? Who I don't. Breaks, who, breaks, who breaks the Who breaks the um, Eric Stahl rumor? I, who breaks the Eric Stahl thing? I don't remember. Um, it was kept, kept weeks, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, no. Weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's and Drager. It was one of those two. Yeah. yeah one of those two. It wasn't McKenzie, right? Okay, so that doesn't mean anything necessarily. Like I'm saying, but I've seen other I've seen other reporters get mad at GMs to saying, "I'm your guy." I've seen I've ha I've talked to GMs and say, "Oh man, I want to give you this," but McK or so and so is going to be so pissed off at me if I give this to you first. So you know, find this out someplace else. I've had that happen too. Um, so to me, there's a couple things. You know, one, you know, he definitely sees that this is important. If this if this if this gets out of hand, this does this could go towards a John Tavares thing. But if it's squelched like in a big way, which McKenzie did, <laughs> as big well, as you can do, if you're squelched in a big way, maybe you can stop it right there and also make a friend with the GM at the same time. Well, let's let's cut the the Tavares comparison. That's the theory. Well, let's let's just cut the Tavares comparison off here, though, because you got to remember, Tavares three years of his ELC, then he signed a five year extension, and that allowed him to go to free agency at 27. Mike will after his ELC signed the eight year, eighty million dollar contract, Joe. So if he gets disenchanted. After two more years, he's still got four years left at $10 million. The Sabres still control where he goes, I mean, within reason, because, you know, Eichel could say, I'm not playing for you anymore, and he would, you know, make them trade him mm -hmm. 
potentially to where he wants to go. But he has control here, and the Sabres have control here because there's still term left on that contract. Sure, but uh, here's here's the fun part of Eichel's contract is he has a no-move clause that kicks in in two years. So right, right. If, if it gets to a point where this team is still you know, piddling around and, and just not doing anything, in two years he could say, I want out, and I now I get to pick where I get to go. Right. And that really pull that really holds the Sabres over a barrel if if they're if they're in a spot where if they're still a 70, 80 point team per season, you know, over an 82 game season team, I think at that point, I think I think fans here would be like, listen, let Jack go somewhere else. Right. <laughs> let let him go win somewhere else. This team is garbage, and you guys have screwed away seven years, seven years right. of his career. I mean, we're talking five years of just this team just being bad, and they look how many. You know, we've already talked, what, two, three GMs. We're on GM number three now and, yeah. what, four coach, four, three, four coaches? Mm-hmm. So let me read. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a big problem. That's I love the current coach. Like, the coach is not an issue with Eichel. From what no, I no, it's not the coach. But let me read the quote from Kevin Adams. His basically – his quote is, people call and make calls and ask about players every day. My job is to listen. We have no intention of shopping Jack Eichel. So they're not shopping, but but Kevin Adams can stop the phone calls by saying in a quote, "We're not going to take calls on Jack Eichel," but he's not doing that. Mm-hmm. So there is something. There's to- a little bit of a rookie GM mistake to a degree, but also at the same time, if I'm a Buffalo fan, I want to hear you're listening to everything. Like, and I don't want you to sit there and say, and, and even though I don't want you to trade Eichel, I don't want you to be shutting doors on pl- other players. Like the assumption is, if he shuts the door on Eichel, you'd be no. Shut but if, if an organization oh. wants to take the tack that. Jack's happy and we don't want to trade him. You could stop that instantly. Right. And, and, and the only thing you can say is at least it's not the general manager who traded the Con Smythe trophy winner away for Tage Thompson, Sabotka. I mean, not yet, Mark. I, I just got a text. Like, this is so funny. This is, this is a, this is a, a, we'll say current former, this person has been a general manager at one point in their lives. Okay. This is, who's watching the show right now, who said to me this the reason you don't say that Jack Eichel is not available at all is you want people to call about Jack Eichel because that opens up conversations for other people. So like the idea here is like, call no, Jack's not available. You know? So what I think he's saying is, you know, Jack's not available, but I'm glad you called. I'm kind of interested in this player that you can start conversing. Yeah. Uh, if, if Jack Eichel's, if everybody knows Jack Eichel's not available, who are people calling the Sabres about in reality? Like, you know, who are they actually? Who, yeah, what, Jack's not available, but Colin Miller sure is. Right. <laughs> I don't think, honestly. And, and GM's like that, you know? Or what if Jeff Gordon calls and says, well, you know, hey, you know, we'd love to have Jack Eichel and maybe Mika Zibanejad is the guy that we send a return or, you know, right. it, it's things like that where you start. It, it's not the main name. It's the other names that get thrown. Exactly. exactly. Right, but then, you know what? And don't even say you have no intention of trading. Just say, all I'm doing is listening and that's all I'm doing. But the minute you say you have no intention of trading, but you're still listening, you're already conflicting yourself. He could have, well, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. But for the reasons we did, for the reasons I just brought up, I think that you can, saying you have no intention of trading and then going to Jack behind the scenes and saying, we're definitely not trading you, but we want people calling us to charge. Yeah, but I mean, to the public, if you say, if you, if you basically say, I know I have to sell my 65 Mustang and, but I'm not going to, the guy comes and he says, I'm not going to sell it. But then Joe walks along and got 20 grand cash and you say, all right, you know what? I'll sell it. Like that's basically Kevin Adams is basically telling us there is a price for Jack for Jack Eichel. That's what he's telling me. I don't think maybe, so. the, maybe the price isn't for Jack Eichel. Maybe the price is for Sam Reinhardt. That's what I think. You know, but you're not going to call for Jack Eichel and end up with Sam Reinhardt. That's not going to. He happen. needs to get it out there that Reinhardt and other players are available. The, ways the Rangers aren't giving you Zabanajad 
for for Sam Reinhart, but they would for Jack Eichel. If you want, if you're trying to trade Reinhart, we all kind of know Reinhart could be possibly. You know, he's one of those guys who's on the edge. It's a good example, right? Like he could be moved, but probably they don't want to move him. That's fine. So what? How is he going to get the get people calling him about Reinhart? He can't call their teams about Reinhart because that immediately gets then he's shopping him, and that word shopping is a big bad word. That's why he said we're not shopping, right? That's like that's in the locker room that's shopping. Fine. You don't have to say they're shopping. Right, so the shopping in a locker room destroys locker rooms. I've never. Right. I, that's why I don't write players are being shopped ever. I always write other teams are interested in this guy, um, or else the players would never talk to me again. Like shopping is a bad word. So he's not. So so if he calls other teams about Reinhardt. Be, then that will get out somehow through it'll leak out that he is shopping Reinhardt. Someone will put that out there, but he wants to talk to people about Reinhardt. So how does he do it? You know, so how does he do it? How does he get people to call him about Reinhardt in that case? He gets people to call. He get he gets people to call him about Jack Eichel and call, call about other team, other players. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad move. Shopping is a bad word. Listening is a different word. Listening, exactly. listening is shopping with, with different connotations. Exactly. And a player, like if, like when I've, I've written so many rumors over the years where I say so-and-so, you know, I knew that a team was shopping this player. I knew it because, you know, lots of people were saying it and not just me, but and it was out there. But and instead I would say Montreal is interested in that player. That's a totally different world for a player. If, if that if they hear Montreal is interested in me, that's, that's cool versus, versus Detroit or whoever's shopping me. That's like a, that's another deal. Well, so Joe, I, Joe, I'm going to ask Joe a question too. Joe, when is Jack Eichel's $7.5 million bonus due in 2021? Uh, it should be the same day everybody else's bonus. July one. Yeah. It's July one. Okay. I know, but weren't those things pushed back to? Um... No, no. The 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 bo- like the bonus for this year was already paid in July. No, it was paid already. It was yeah. pushed back. His next bonus is in twenty two twenty three, so that would be paid on July first, twenty two. Got it. Mm-hmm. So that's another seven and a half million dollar bonus. If the Sabers aren't good by then, they probably will try and get rid of Eichel before they have to pay that bonus. Well, I mean, if they still think that they're in, the, if they still believe they're in the same financial stress, right? When it comes to that, and for I, for whatever reason, they they like to keep the money separate between the bills and the savers. Which I mean, right. I get you get it. It's team budgets, but at the same point, the, the money's coming from the same. It's coming from the same people. It's coming from the same spot. It's not like they have a they have a shell company for the savers and and the bills. Yeah, the NHL's got all kinds of rules. They got to be so careful about that. Right. So I I, I mean. If they're in a spot where twenty two twenty three that they that they want to they want to trade Jack because they don't want to pay they don't want to pay his bonus like <laughs> all right so you're not making him like that that at that point just sell no at that point no yeah. but, I mean, but it's not an impossible thought this is a guy who is having financial trouble the Sabers lose money every year at some point he may not want to pay this bonus anymore where's that so, new gas at that point where they don't want to pay Jack Eichel's bonus Jack Eichel top ten player in the league they don't want to pay I him Exactly, but remember, we've we've had this scenario before. That's that's Russia basically talking about like Peter Pocklington, right? Just, yeah, just tap that new gas well for Christ's sake. No, no, but 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 Eck is right. Tap them. Tap them. Tapped all the wells. I know. This is a Pocklington situation if it happens, but the idea is, could Pagula go into that situation because he is treating it on its own entity? And if the bills, if the bills, if the Sabers lose for two more years, lose money. They're going to be in bad shape in 2022 23. I mean, that's a reality. Well, well think, of, think of how vilified Pocklington was for doing what he did, and he should have been. Yeah. Right. He won four Stanley Cups. Like, he won another one after he made that trade, by the way. Right. Like, Joe, <laughs> I, I think there's a chance. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I, don't want the, I, I don't want this to turn into a complete. You, you also don't want to, I'm sorry. You also want, you can't tie like the New Jersey Devils to the Philadelphia 76ers either. You know, like, there's certain things you can. <laughs> 
I, I, I don't I don't want to turn this into a complete saber podcast uh, podcast, but I their their situation is fascinating right now because they have six unrestricted free agent forwards. Yeah. And I don't know if any of them are coming back. They have Cahoon. Olafson and Reinhardt, who are arbitration eligible, restricted free agents. Montour is the same way. Um, you have McCabe one year away from the UFA. You've got Ristolainen two years away from the UFA, whose name has been out there. I mean, I I don't know. The, this would be a challenge for a veteran general manager, and Kevin Adams has virtually no experience. Yeah, but I the, he's made one trade, and it was a really I think it was a really smart trade. I agree. No, I agree. I have a little bit of a breaking story here. Um, and okay. I don't know if this is out there or not because I haven't been on Twitter and all that stuff today and all that stuff. But um, the NHL start date is tentatively January 18th. Yeah, I'm not shocked at that. I thought I thought okay. maybe January 2nd, January 18th seems reasonable. Okay, that's the, that's the target date they are looking at right now. So forget the 82 game schedule. Right, finish before the Olympics. So. The, the, it has to start January 18th. It has to finish before the Summer Olympics, which is when the Summer Olympics July are. July 22nd. Yeah, July yeah, 22nd. Right. So I just had this conversation on Sirius, and while NBC would want that to be the case, who's to say in three or four months if there's gonna be an Olympics? We don't know. That's true, but you got you, you gotta you're gonna have to play. To that, to be, if there's no Olympics, then they've got nothing. You're not you're not gonna be able to you're not gonna be able to start the season and. NBC will make you will require you to be to plan on being done by then. Put it that way. Like they will say that because the Olympics. I don't think they can do that because they have a hundred. Determine the Olympics in January. But they yeah. have a hundred channels. It doesn't matter. They could show it all if they wanted to. But they, you have to wonder. They don't have a game. Maybe watch NHL on USA again. I don't want to. Do NBC no, Stanley Cup Finals have a back to back. I'm not saying I want to. I'm just saying. On the home gardening network. NBC doesn't have a guarantee for the Olympics. Why in the world would they stop the NHL for overlap when there's a chance the Olympics could still be canceled? Come watch the Stanley Cup finals on Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right, Russ. I mean, I, but I think that Andy the, end of the, end of the, day, the feeling, remember this year when the NHL started this season, remember they were starting, um, is, is the outdoor just started. Um, that, that I think that the reality is that they're going to have to be out by what is the intent that the Olympics are probably going to happen. That is the feeling that everybody has. Now we could be totally wrong. Of course, we know not to trust anything. We could all be hit by an asteroid on election day. Anything's possible, but we have to realize that, you know, I think that that's how it's going to, and, the, and the, there's so much planning involved that they have to pick dates now. And they have to, say, we're going to start January 18th. We're going to end July 10th or what 15th or whatever, maybe the day before the Olympics. Maybe they, maybe they have like, you know, this, the final day of the finals is right before the Olympics. They, they, they cross advertise. Is the outdoor life network still around? Um, no, but I mean, first of all, they're going to have what to, the out, what does the out, outdoor life network become Mike? versus very good. Excellent. I no, still have a uh, I still have a versus I still have versus swag from some NHL event. Like, uh, I, I, remember, I still I remember like a versus, versus T-shirt with a versus thing on the logo. Yeah. Joe, this this is the thing. I think we're going to see a, a very different schedule if they try to squeeze in eighty-two games starting January eighteenth. Probably the regular season ending, God May mid mid to late mid to late May at the most. Uh, probably mid May. You're going to see double headers, like say Buffalo goes to Boston, and they're going to play one game on a Saturday and one game on a Sunday, and get the the two games that because they play them four times, two home, two away. You're going to see double headers in consecutive days to get those games out 
so they don't have to try it cuts down on travel and hotel costs i'm i'm assuming they, they have to do that because otherwise there's no way they can fit 82 games they're gonna have to probably play five games in seven in seven or four games in seven I think they can come up with a major regional schedule early on so they do don't have a lot of travel and can get in the maximum amount of games that would make sense and remember, and it's still, it's still reality, people, and I don't know if you heard this, Joe, or not. We, I don't know if you read or we, we were talking about, though, is I was told by a team in the NHL that the that the league floated past the concept of doing two games in one day, of doing an afternoon game and a night game, which is which is crazy, I know, but but that's – you're looking at without fans, they're, like, saying, okay, we do, like, a we did 11 o'clock game and an 8 o'clock – 11 o'clock morning game, 8 o'clock game. Um, yeah, that's hard. That's, yeah. that's really hard. Right? Really hard. I the, the one thing I think I think all of us have heard this is that they're talking you know keeping the Canadian teams together, try just to for the early part yeah try to get as many of those games all squared away as they can right. um, I think makes sense especially with the court you know Canada's quarantine rules and, and and whatnot I think if you're gonna try to if you're gonna try to do as many games as you can early on to try to avoid as many of the the government entanglements as you can I think that's a smart way to do it but I also think yeah. man. I, if you're going to be doing things like that, I think with 48 game, I think if you have, if you just run a lockout schedule and try to do a full playoffs, I think that's the best way to go about it. It doesn't keep anybody happy, yeah. uh, especially if you're not, if they're, but I think that's the best way to do it. If you're not going to have fans or if you're going to have limited fans in the arena, I think that's the only way you can really get away with, with doing a, a, a semi full year. I mean, we've already had a shortened schedule this year. If you, we've done it in the past with previous lockout seasons. So, I, I, to me, a 48 games and a full playoffs is the best way to go about it. If you if you want to do the the 12 team or uh, yeah the 12 team playoff again on each conference, hey, run with it, go crazy with oh, it. That was great. No, no, I don't have a problem with that. Well, I, I, I don't know. Seventy games. I think if if they had 70 games, I think owners would still be happy. Well, remember this, guys. The, the games that you're taking off. If we start in December, you know, like the originally was big. So, yeah. so one more month of games. How many games in a month? They have four games a night, like roughly 20. Usually it's between 12 and 14 games a month. All right, right yeah, but even say if you're doing four games a week, like you're really pushing it, like 16 games a month. That's what most you can do, right? So that's five, that's five months. Yeah, right, right. So you're looking, so you, the way you look at that is, you know, every game that you play without fans in the arena, the you're not really losing money. That it's not, doesn't matter as much as it, it matters when they can get fans back in, right? So, like to them, if they don't see fans getting back in until, February or March, then they're going to, they're pushing it back to January versus starting in December. Doesn't really, really make that much of a difference if they're, if, as long as they don't care. And I really don't think they do care as much about 82 games as much as they want, as much as they say, you know, it's what we'd like to do. Well, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then Bettman, every time he goes in front of the camera and the microphone saying we're going to play an 82 game season should stop bringing it up because it seems like it means a lot to him to bring it up every single time. Well, he's saying that ideally they want to play 82 games. He's saying that so that the television people know that that's what he wants to do, that he's not trying to, that he's not trying to shortchange the television people. And, but it's going to be a situation where he has no choice. He's going to be thrown into the spot where they're going to say, I think you could get in 70 games because there's no all-star game. There's no outdoor games. There won't be a big winter break. Like I think you could probably squeeze in seven. Yeah, you can can't you can cancel the winter. Here's something for my dog. Sorry. <laughs> You're Aaron Rodgers for a minute in the. Uh, <laughs> you can cancel the winter classic because there's not you know at what point would it be to play in an empty stadium? Oh, no, there's no point. Right. So, but it's the perfect time for them to go up to like that rink in Alberta where there's no they're just the ice just ice in the well, middle. You could of do the Central Park. You could do Central Park finally. 
Right. Yeah, there, 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 there is that rink up there that you know that they go and shoot up the commercials at all the time. That's like in the middle of. Um, and the only people that'll show up, or something are like that, and it's like crazy, and it's really cool. And the only people that'll show up, Russ, are the people who try to rob people. Um, <laughs> no, but 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 honestly, make a hard statement on Alberta. No, we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about New York. No, but Joe, the, the 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 problem I have here is if they if if there isn't a change in the border restrictions. I don't know if they have a season because see the CHL, the AHL, they all have uh, franchises in the U.S. and in Canada, and they and and you know they're all planning on a January start, and that's con- that's conditional on like say Saginaw being able to go to play London. I mean, if they can't cross the border, and, and, and like the, the, right now, the you know the Canadians didn't allow the Blue Jays, their own baseball team, to play in Toronto. I mean, I don't know how they do this. Yeah, it, for me, it's. I, I think that's. I think that's where a lot of the, the talk of having the Canadian teams just all play each other to start a possible NHL season comes right. into play. And I think the AHL. If the if you're not allowed, if you if you if you can't have fans around, I don't know how the AHL has a season because they need they need right. ticket sales, they need the gate, they need the gate receipts to be able to, to make things go, which opens up the possibility of the NHL having. Uh, bigger rosters to open the year. That's why I say having three goalies is is going to be a huge thing for the for the NHL teams going ahead. But yes, uh, I think that's where there's there's a lot of unknowns that 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 lay ahead for this. I, I think in general you've got an idea for how to do things, but uh, but if, but if you don't have it, if the AHL can't get things started with you know without fans, and if they can't do a season without selling tickets, right. That that's a huge problem, and I, I think that's where you have to start thinking about uh, having you know maybe a thirty man roster for the NHL or even a thirty five man roster, or at least just taking all your guys that are on NHL contracts, bring them under the tent, and try to get things going that way. But it's, there's it's a lot of stuff that lays ahead. As as long as this is still you know as long as COVID's still out there, and there's not you know there's no vaccines or anything because. You know, I, I think the second there's a vaccine, I think we know not exactly all the people that are going to be at the front of the line for it. I think it's going to be it's going to be athletes and celebrities and whatnot are going to be right there getting it to get those industries back started right away, and then then you get your fans and then you get your people going. But it's yeah. there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that still needs to get figured out before we get things going again. So I want to get into some rumors here for a second um, before we get out of here. And so today, Kevin Allen posted the blog, which then I posted on my blog. And I want to send you this list too, Joe. I'm going to send you this list because we're trying to get writers' opinions on this thing. So, um, And we've got a lot of different opinions and a lot of different writers getting back to us still on it. Um, but Russ, Mike, and I already did chime in. But this list basically, the concept of this blog is how many – you know, how many – Where do the goalies end up? Where do the goalies end up? And Kevin listed 16 goalies, Okay. And um, and then you had to pick where you thought they would go. Uh, and here's like here's Kevin Allen's list. And there, it's interesting. Just check out his list. And the, I have to say that the most humorous answer award goes to Russ Cohen. And he he said what I what I suspected it, when Carter Hutton's name was listed. Broadcast booth. Yeah. Broad, Russ said the broadcast booth. And I, 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 I agree with that. Um, <laughs> so we have Tom Laidlaw in here from, from Rennie Cheller. Um, so let, let, but let's look at Kevin's list. And I know for a fact that Kevin got this th- these names from a GM who did this for fun, like another GM who did this for fun, which I thought was kind of cool. I'm going to try to get some some people like, like that as well to anonymously do it for fun, you know, um, and see if we can post the original one. 
so yeah, so so uh, you know, Craig Anderson, the Islanders. I like that idea. I think that makes some sense, right? That's you know, um, I think Crawford with the Blackhawks is I like kind of that feels like the right way to go. Um, now Kevin didn't put. I noticed he didn't put Frederick Anderson on his list, did he? Which is weird because he had us all pick him. I yeah, that is weird. I got to ask him that question. <laughs> Why we don't have him there? Um, I'm assuming he. I think he thinks Frederick Anderson staying in Toronto from all the time. Right. I think I think Carter Hutton to back to St. Louis is interesting because I don't I don't know that, that Sabres and Blues should really make any more trades. Yeah, <laughs> moving ahead. Uh, I think that's probably that's probably a bad that's probably a bad idea. It makes sense for Hutton because that's because uh, that's familiar territory and uh, obviously with Jake Allen now uh, off to Montreal, I think that you know they're going to need somebody to kind of balance things out with Bennington. I think St. Louis, with how Bennington played in the, in, in the postseason, I I wonder if there's some some worry there. Uh, I mean, obviously they got Billy Huso, uh, who seems to be the you know the next guy in line, but yes. Uh, but but, I, but I, I, Jimmy Howard in Buffalo, I, I think there that's a locality thing, just because it's from he's from upstate New York and there yep. there's some familiarity. But uh, yeah. but I, I think I think Jim, Jimmy's interesting. I mean, he had a horrible year in Detroit. Yeah, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of solace here in, in Buffalo for for having him back if he back you know here to back up Olmark, but. That's that. It's really interesting, as far as far as Jimmy goes, because I mean Jimmy plays with a chip on his shoulder constantly. Yeah, so he's, got, he's got a lot to prove, but I do wonder if that, that, that's not a that's not a name that I had considered coming here. I think, I think Alex Dell was one that is, right gets kicked around here for a little bit as far as right. as far as interest goes, but um, right. But yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I had Howard potentially going to Edmonton because they're spending a, a lot of money on Miko Koskinen. Uh, I don't think they're bringing back Mike Smith, and obviously Ken Holland has the connection with with Howard going back to the Red Wings. And I don't think Howard coming off that bad year is going to be in a position to demand a lot of money, uh, and he might get twenty five to thirty games being the one B in Edmonton over of with Koskinen there. So uh, I, I had Frederick Anderson on my list and I had him going yeah, to make sense here. Here we go. Yeah. I had, I, I had him going to Carolina because I do think that there is impetus there for the Leafs to make a change in goal. And if the talk yesterday, Joe, that uh, uh, Jim Rutherford has lowered his cost on Mar Matt Murray to a second round pick, I think that's a price the Leafs would be willing to pay for Matt Murray. Uh, and I, I think, you know, we know Dubas's motivation when it comes to Matt Murray being, yeah, but he's not going to pick up every Sue Greyhound just because he's no, not but, but Russ, it, it, it seems that way. I know it, it seems that way, but I, I but he, Murray, I, I would, I, it's, 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 too high. That price may get too high for Dubas because even though we know that the price has been lowered by Rutherford, it still may not be low enough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're not going to give away a guy who's won two Stanley Cups. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Craig Anderson gets a job. I think he's retiring. I, I won't say this. I, I don't no. think, like somebody's in the chat room saying, Talbot, back to the Flyers. He did not have a good time with the Flyers. They barely played him. Yeah. I don't think Cam Talbot would come back to Philly. No, I don't see that either. Um, now, um, yeah, so on my list, some of the, I mean, some of the ones, a lot of these I've talked about before, but. I I thought I, I I was going for the Darcy Kemper in Buffalo, which I know is a big a big big thing. That would be a major major move. And the Sabers have two goalies that you know everybody feels like they're going to be their goalies of the future. And Eck had to stick that New Jersey in for for King Henrik. I'm staying with that. That's I really think that's going to happen. Happening. 
everybody says it's not going to happen. So it's I'm going gonna to go to the well on that one because yeah. it, just because I know it's been discussed enough so that it could happen. I, I think the Coyotes, the Coyotes are an interesting one with what they, whether they decide to move Kepper or, or Ranta. Um, Cause I think one of one of those guys is, is, is going to go. Um, I, I, Ranta, I, I, I feel like there's a move with Buffalo and, and Arizona to be made there somehow, whether it involved getting a guy like maybe a step on yeah. um, to go to Buffalo. Uh, I, I could see that being a possibility. Uh, I, some of my, some of my Sabres buddies what really want him to take a run at Christian Dvorak uh, as part of a deal. But I would like, I think, I think a guy like Ranta in Buffalo to work with mm-hmm. Olmark makes a lot of sense. I know, I know there's injury question with both Kemper and Ronta, but, um, right. but I think, I, I, I think I, I like where your head's at with Kemper and Buffalo, but mm-hmm. you're right. That would be, that would be a big kind of seismic shift there as far as what they're going to do. Cause I think that it, that tells Linus Allmark your, your time's probably not going to be very long here. Right. It, might, it might indicate that maybe Lucan and they're, they're kind of, kind of easing back the time on him because I know they they would love to get him a full year as the guy in Rochester. Yeah. Um I think that's the that's the absolute right move. But I, I think with him getting a full year, you know, to, you know, without you know not having to worry about coming off double hip surgery and 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 how he how he comes back from that. I know he's playing in Finland right now, but um but I I, I, I do think they want it they, they want to kind of temper things with him. They want to let Portillo play as long as he can at, at, at UM uh, to kind of to, to kind of stagger things out there. They might draft a goalie this year too, but uh, but in the meantime, they do need to shore up goaltending. Um, and I don't know that they they would have the patience to see how Carter Hutton bounces back after the eye surgery to see if he's really going to be able to hold the fort down. Well, this yeah. is this is the this is the ongoing question when it comes to goaltenders and the draft that's coming up. Uh, next Tuesday, Joe, um, cause I, Russ and I did a show on the weekend, uh, talking about the, about the draft and with, in regards to Askarov, um, mm-hmm. I, I looked at, at teams anywhere from four at Detroit to 15 to, at Toronto, you know, I'd say like seven teams in that range, you could make a case for them taking Askarov. Yeah. And I know Buffalo really kind of snooped around at Spencer Knight. Uh, last year, um, there was there was a possibility that 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 could have been their pick, but they ob- they obviously did not go that way. Right. Um, but I think Oscar Askarov. There's still a lot of spookiness with Buffalo when it comes to Russians in general. Yep. Um, and I think making a move for a goaltender at eight is not the right move for them right now. Right. Uh, I think there's going to be. I think a lot of guys that would be on the board for them would all have to go. Um, and I still think there's going to be one or two of those guys that are still going to be there, whether it's Lundell, whether it's Raymond, whether it's Perfetti. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of stuff up in the air right now with them. And I still think that it, even if a guy like Drysdale somehow fell down to them at eight, I think they would take him. I think they would take him there. And I, and Sanderson, I'm not totally sold that they wouldn't take him either, even in general. He so might, he might be gone. Too many moving pieces there for Buffalo to, to take a guy like Ascar up. Now, if they made a trade to move up, to move another place, and you know, to grab another first round pick, maybe you make that move. But I, I think Askarov, he's. I think Askarov has got enough heat to him to say that 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 would move a couple that that it moves Portillo down the line, and that that maybe you move off of him later on, and 
maybe it says something about Lukanen too, because right. then you're throwing a guy right into the right into the mix to compete with him. Right. The, only, the only thing about that with the Escarup is, and while I think there is a possibility, I think in the end they're going to be a team that says, "Look, we need other things too." Mm-hmm. And for Kevin Adams' first move as a GM, does he really want to be risky? I, with all those NTDP voices at the table, Joe, I do think they're taking Sanderson if he's there. Uh, well, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the U.S. voices are gone now. <laughs> Honestly, with with all the guys that they, that they moved out of there, I mean, there's still there's still some guys. Obviously, Crow, you know, Crow kind of heading things up. That's I'm very curious to know what his voice really is as far as right. to where he seems to go. It seemed like they were very much not a, a team that loved a lot of the, the the Canadian junior guys. Maybe that changes now. I'm, you know, Kevin Devine's still in the mix there, but. You know his work has done a lot in Quebec and in the Maritimes. Yeah. So it's it's a little bit his his view on things is a little different. Although I think he's providing a guiding hand for how things should go as far as a as a draft goes. Like the Sabers are flying here. Are so annoyed with with old voices being here, but Divine didn't do too bad of a job in the past with this yeah. with, with this team. Well, here here's here's the question, and we we heard over the weekend the speculation about Tory Krug's rights being traded. We heard. Uh, the, we've heard the talk about the Petrangelo and the uh, and the Blues being on the outs, and the possibility that uh, you know he's going to go to market, and then you know we know, you know Vegas or Toronto might be interested. I have not heard a peep in the last few weeks about Ristolainen, and that's whenever something happens, usually you don't hear anything right before, and then all of a sudden it's dropped on you. I mean, I. I wonder, Joe. I mean, is this does this mean that the, we could expect a Ristolainen trade in the next couple of weeks? Uh, I think the opposite. I think he's. Sta- I think he's. I think Buffalo is going to hang out of him because I think okay. I think Kruger's a big fan. Uh, Brandon Montour, I think, is the guy. If they're going to trade, if there's a defenseman that's going to go, I think it's Montour. Right. Because Montour, yeah, I mean, he played on the wrong side. He played on his offhand side all that most of last season, and he just doesn't doesn't seem to be too big of a fit for what. For what Kruger and Smith are doing with their with their with their style and what they're doing with their their kind of play, if if I'm Buffalo, I would move Montour to Arizona immediately because I think he played very well for for what Phil Housley did, and I think for if he's in the mix with that with that defense there, I think that's a great idea. Um, if that means you can get a guy like Yalmerson to come to Buffalo, I think that's a great move. But if it's yeah, a part of Buffalo, actually, because I think you put him next to Darlene, I think that's great. Yeah, I yeah. think, and I think he could teach a few things to some of their young guys that would be helpful down the line. But I'm but, telling you, the reason I say J- Jake Sanderson is, a, I do think you're right about Montour. I think they are going to try and move on from him. And b, I, they're not flush with young defensemen. When you're talking about getting someone like Jake Sanderson, you're still talking about two, three years away, and they do need more building blocks than just Dalene. And they have yeah. Samuelson, who I like, but again, he's probably a second pairing guy. Yeah, Sanderson could be a first pairing guy. Yeah, Samuelson and Loxon are like their next two guys up. I think Bryson, Bryson's probably the the next guy. Yeah, Bryson's probably the next one. Um, I agree with you. And I, I there's been some discussion that the the Sabers uh, might want to try to go after a guy like uh, Matt Greslick, and I'm like, don't make that trade because Bryson is just he's kind of cut out of that same. Well, it's obviously I don't think they'll get him because. They're going to lose Krug, and Grizzlick's going to be there. So, yeah. and and with the Sabers, I mean, you, I think you're right about Montour. I think they move him for the right price because they don't know what the price point on his new contract is going to be. But I don't know. I mean, Colin Miller's making three point eight seven five million this and next year. 
And we know that Kruger didn't seem to really like him as the season went along. It's like, I don't know whether that's just an albatross or whether they'll give him a second chance or I, I don't no, know. I, I think he didn't play a lot in the first half because I think they knew that they were set with him. Yeah. They had to figure so much other stuff out, but you know, they had Bogosian, they had the, you know, they, they had to figure out what they, what they were going to do with him. And then ultimately it turned out like they were done with him. Um, uh, I think they, they 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 had too many cooks in the kitchen on defense, they, and they were carrying eight no. defensemen all year. They had ten. They had ten defensemen in Rochester. You could, I mean, they were playing Casey Fitzgerald at forward a whole bunch down. Yeah. Yeah. that's not where you want your young your young fresh out of college guy playing up front. Yeah. Yeah. They, they need to get him ice time, so that's why they put him there. But uh, but I think in Miller's case, Miller the second half of the year when he when he was back with Darlene. They worked really well, and I know that was a lot of Darlene just kind of getting his game back to where it should have been. But Miller and Darlene was a really solid pair for them in the second half. But uh, but I but I think if you're if I, I I don't think Miller's the guy that you trade. I think he's I think he's a solid guy uh, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Leave him alone. Um, figure out what you're going to do with Montour or Ristolainen. Mm-hmm. I think Montour is the guy that's going to go. Uh, but uh, but for them, you know, they, they still love Will Borgen. I think Will Borgen's their their shutdown type D, and he, should, yeah. guy and he should get a longer look. He's probably going to get a longer look in Buffalo next year if they're yeah. if they're keeping the costs down. He should be in there. He's probably going to be in their top six, probably their third pair guy. But and uh, they like figuring out a guy to play next to him is going to be the big thing. I don't know if they, you want Gabe Borgen to be that pair. Joe, you probably agree though. They have to restock the pond. Their pond. Oh is, yeah, absolutely, especially it, on defense. Yeah. But they need, but they, but this is the thing. They have so many needs all over the place. Oh, I think that's what they need. They need D. Go D in the first round, then you're going to go and get an offensive player next. Like, I get it. They have a lot of needs. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the thing. I think they need to address a bunch of them because, let's face it, a lot of these prospects that have been drafted before aren't going to work out for them. And I'm not saying middle step, but I'm saying yeah. other ones, like Asplund's on the edge now. Like, who yeah. knows what's going to happen with him? Guys, I, like, I would. Well, Asplund kind of got screwed up when they kept playing him on the wing in yes. Buffalo. Uh, he needed to play center, um, and he needs to play center in Rochester, which he did, and he he didn't look as good. And I think that's a lot of the Olafson effect. You know, that line was was him, Olafson, and Danny O'Regan. That's you know, you had a guy that pumped in thirty goals, and O'Regan was you know he's a steady AHL player. Oh yeah, he's a veteran. Asplund, I mean, he scored what he had forty points, I think, that season, which. Probably more scoring than I think you than you really get from him, but um, but if you turn him into a guy that's like a Johan Larson light, I think that's the best. That's the best, absolute best move you can do for a guy like that. But uh, but I think you're at the point in his career now, like you're either sticking with him and you're going to play him in the NHL or you're trading him. Right. I, I don't. You can't. You can't keep him in the AHL for enough. Joe, last thing. Uh, I thought the best thing that happened to the Sabers when it came to that stall deal was the the thought the fleeting thought thought that they would play dylan cousins as the number two center next year i think that would have been a big mistake i don't care you know how ready a 19 year old kid is for the end it would have been bad it would have been bad now he may make the team next year but you know but he shouldn't be the center (laughs) but but as a third either a third line center or as a winger before he gets, you know, to allow him to get used to the NHL before they move him to the to the middle, that's a much better thing. Or you know, even learning being, you know, being tutored by by Eric Stahl of how to play center in the NHL. But to put him at second line center would have been disastrous. It would have been no, the same mistake they made. 
Yeah, they they've done that already with Middlestat, and and Middlestat didn't have as many games as as a not pro as Cousins has. You know, it, Cousins playing a full you know another full season in the dub last year was was the best thing for him. I mean, right. Middlestat going right to the NHL after playing 30, 30 or so college games so, and making him your number two center, and that's their own fault. You know, the O'Reilly right. not you know you know playing you know they they they. They brought in Berglund, who was, you know, didn't want to be traded, and then they made Berglund their fourth line center or fourth line winger, and they still had Middlestat playing up in the lineup, and it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I think with Cousins, though, making him the number two center was not the right idea. That's not that's not the move you make. If you have him as your right wing on the second line next to Stall, I think that's the best thing for him. Playing him at third line center is a little dicey because it, because his wingers aren't going to be quite as good. I mean, you could put Skinner next to him, and that's great. Uh, but then Skinner's probably not happy playing third line again. Right. Uh, like if you have Skinner and Cahoon there with him on the on a third line, that's cool. But you know you you've got Stall, then you've got Stall playing with who? You know who's you know who's playing with him there? So yeah, I, I think they bring, brought in Stall to play with Skinner. I mean, I can't yeah. I can't imagine they trade for him and then they don't put him with Skinner. That would be no. I, I agree with that. I think it's Eric Stall, like you said, Jordan. Um, the last thing I would say, you did. You said Jordan, I think. Okay. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? Anyhow, the last thing, that's what I heard. Anyhow, last thing I'll take out Cousins is, though, while he's a fast straight line skater, he, hopefully he worked on his skating a lot this summer because directionally he still needs work. He's been able to get away with a lot at the junior level because of a great shot and size and speed for that level. Well, he needs. Well, the other thing he needed to do after camp last year was he needed to get stronger. Period. Yeah. He needed needed more weight. He needed more. He needed more muscle. Because uh, if he comes in at you know, because if he comes in, I think next season if he comes in at 190, that's a huge bonus. That's a huge help because I think last year he's a, he was about 170, 175 maybe tops. I might be way off on my numbers. I'm not even looking at him right now. But uh, when he came into camp last year, he was a six two, six three, hundred and seventy, you know, hundred seventy, hundred seventy five pound center which is great in the dub i mean it still gets you knocked around a little bit but he was able to skate by everybody the nhl that kind of that kind of size is going to get you get you planted into the boards yeah all right great show guys um i'm sure now we're all looking forward to you know buyouts and the draft next tuesday and then free agency i'm sure it's going to be a packed week or so we have more actually more like a couple three weeks of news in the nhl Mm -hmm. um thanks joe for joining us Uh, happy to do it for the departed Jan Levine, for the departed Eklund, for Joe Yurden, and for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching, and re- remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.